You're listening to the Online DJ Podcast, where this time we're talking all about portable appliance testing. So welcome to another episode of the Online DJ Podcast, where today we're going to look at another topic in the DJ industry that is widely argued, portable appliance testing. Now, the usual arguments we see about portable appliance testing, or pad testing for short, there's a lot of DJs feel other DJs in our industry have a responsibility to make sure we get our pad testing done. And the reason they feel like it is because they feel our clients deserve to know we care about their safety. And some arguments even go as far as suggesting it's technically a legal thing that we have to do because of HSE legislation and certain health and safety acts that cover the entertainment industry. Now, personally, I believe it helps to show your clients that you feel their safety is important to you and your business. And I also feel pat testing is usually affordable enough to warrant doing but what does the pat testing process actually involve? What should you be looking for when the pat testers sat with you testing your equipment? Is it legally required? And if not, what HSE legislation should we be looking at? And who can actually carry out pat tests? So we have with us Bob Granger from thepattester.com here to answer these questions along with a lot of other pat testing myths. So Bob, firstly, what is PAT testing? The inspection and testing of electrical equipment, or PAT testing as it's usually called, is the procedure whereby electrical equipment is formally, visually inspected and instrument tested for electrical safety. PAT testing is mostly carried out in either the workplace, rented accommodation, or in residential care homes, etc. Furthermore, some venues, such as concert halls and market stalls, are now insisting on seeing evidence of pat testing of the electrical equipment used by the performers, including DJs, or by those that are renting the stall. Thanks for answering that for me, Bob. Now, my next question is, when a pat tester comes to check my equipment or I take my equipment to him, what sort of things should he be doing? What should I be looking out for him to be doing? And what does the pad testing process involve? Virtually all of the electrical equipment that is used by your business and that has a standard 240 volt free pin plug will be formally visually inspected and instrument tested for safety. Additionally, I always remove the covers of rewirable plugs to check for fuse rating, wire condition, etc. And in fact, this is often where I find a lot of the problems. Each item will then be labelled with either a green pass sticker or, sometimes, a red fail sticker. So Bob, let's just jump straight in and ask a big question I see everyone arguing about. Am I breaking a law if I don't get my stuff pat tested? Are the police going to come run to my house and arrest me or kick my door in? How does it work? Contrary to popular belief, there is no legal requirement to have the electrical equipment in either the workplace or, 
in the case of any landlord or company supplied electrical equipment in rented accommodation or residential care homes, etc., PAT tested. However, it is a legal requirement that such electrical equipment, and in particular the items being used in the workplace, are, in simple terms, safe, well-maintained and suitable for the purpose for which it is being used. It is not the inspection and testing that is the legal requirement, but the fact that the electrical equipment at all times must be safe, well-maintained and suitable for the purpose for which it is being used. The only way that we can determine whether the electrical equipment meets this criteria is if it is routinely, formally, visually inspected and instrument tested, i.e. PAT tested. Okay, so given that PAT testing itself isn't actually a legal requirement, what health and safety or electrical safety policies or documentation should we as DJs be looking at? And in summary, what do these actually mean? The Electricity at Work Regulations, 1989. The purpose of this Act is to prevent death or injury from any electrical cause as a result of, or in connection with, work activities. This Act states, As may be necessary to prevent danger, all systems shall be maintained so as to prevent, so far as reasonably practicable, such danger. The Health and Safety at Work etc. Act 1974 this Act puts a duty of care on both employer and employee to ensure the safety of all persons in the workplace, including the self-employed. This Act states, It shall be the duty of every employer to ensure, so far as reasonably practicable, the health, safety and welfare at work of all its employees. The Provision and Use of Work Equipment Regulations 1998 this Act states, Every employer shall ensure that work equipment is so constructed or adapted as to be suitable for the purpose for which it is used or provided. The Act also states, Every employer shall ensure that work equipment is used only for operations for which, and under conditions for which, it is suitable. It further states, Every employer shall ensure that work equipment is maintained in an efficient state, in efficient working order and in good repair. Thanks for describing some of those electrical safety acts there for us, Bob. And we'll be sure to link to those in the show notes for anyone who wants to further read into them. Now, when I think about pat testing my equipment, I usually aim to, and I do actually, get my equipment pat tested at least once a year. Uh, but how often should I be getting my PAT testing done? Because PAT testing is not a legal requirement, it stands to reason that there are no strict rules concerning the frequency of combined formal visual inspection and instrument testing of electrical equipment in either the workplace or, in the case of landlord or company supplied electrical equipment in rented accommodation or residential care homes. However, it is generally recommended health and safety best practice to have this work carried out on an annual basis and this is the frequency that I normally offer any client that wishes to use my PAT testing services. 
In the event of an unfortunate accident involving electricity, the governing body, the health and safety executive, will probably view your company in a more favourable light if you can demonstrate that you have taken the matter of electrical safety seriously by, for example, providing evidence of having had periodic, usually annual, PAP testing carried out. Also, many insurance companies will not renew a policy if a DJ or performer is unable to provide evidence of up-to-date PAP testing. Furthermore, many venues will not allow DJs or performers to work on their premises unless they can show a recent PAP testing certificate. And uh, who can actually carry out PAP testing? I mean, does it need to be a qualified electrician or can it be anyone? How does that work? Anyone is allowed to carry out PAP testing providing they use professional testing equipment, which is expensive to buy, and that they can demonstrate competency. Although there are several industry qualifications, for example city and guilds, these are not a legal requirement for someone to carry out PAP testing. Regardless, I have myself passed both of the listed city and guilds qualifications. The testing instrument, software and associated tools that are required to carry out PAP testing can easily cost in excess of £1,000. On top of this would be training, which can cost several hundred pounds. It simply isn't cost effective to purchase this equipment and undergo the training simply to carry out the PAP testing yourself once a year to have avoid having to pay an experienced professional what is quite likely to be less than £100 a year. Okay, Bob, so you mentioned uh, it can cost under £100 to get all of your PAT testing done. So roughly, can you give me a sort of idea on what you charge as a PAT tester and how much it would cost me? Contractors usually charge either a per-item fee with a minimum charge or a per-item fee and a call-out charge based on travel, distance, etc. I charge £1.25 per item tested with a minimum charge of £60. Please note that in the case of most equipment with detachable power cords, so-called kettle leads, these are treated as a separate item and will be charged accordingly. And can you give me a time frame of, say, how long it would take you to do a small mobile DJ business's equipment? How long would it take you to pat test it all? To pat test an average DJ setup of, say, 80 items including power cables, etc., would take around three to four hours. Okay, so that's uh, quite reasonable. And uh, while we're on the subject of time frames, roughly how long would it take to get the PAT testing certificate and uh, test results after the test is carried out? Within a few days after completion of the work, you will receive from me by email digital versions of these documents in the form of PDF file attachments. You will then receive signed copies of the test certificate and test results in the post. So Bob, you've been a great deal of help today in terms of explaining a lot of the details about PAT testing. But if people wanted to find out more information about you or maybe where you cover, uh, could you let us know? I cover South Wales, from about Newport in the east to roughly Carmarthen in the west. Further details can be found on my website, www.the pattester.com or you can phone me seven days a week up to around 10 p.m at night 
on 07850656765. As I said, Bob, you've been a great help today, so thanks for all the information, and thanks for coming on. Thank you. So personally, I thought I've learnt a lot of information about pat testing from Bob Granger there. And if you want to find out more information about Bob Granger, what he does and where he covers, feel free to head over to his website, thepattester.com, or give him a call on the phone number he stated earlier. Now, as we're primarily a DJ podcast, before we let Bob go, I did ask him what his favourite piece of music was. And he told me it was, who knows where the time goes, by Sandy Denny and Fairport Convention. And we'll be asking a lot of our guests this just because, quite frankly, it's interesting to know. So we'll also put a YouTube link or something along those lines in the show notes so you can go check it out as well. With regards to pat testing itself, I still think it's something very close to the likes of PLI where it's something that you don't legally need, but it's something that professionally, I personally feel you should have because it tells your clients that you and your business care about your client's safety and the safety of your equipment. And as Bob clarified earlier, it's so inexpensive, it's worthwhile just getting it done, then you know your equipment's safe, it's being annually checked, so if HSE ever needed to step in in case something went wrong, they can see that you've done all the checks you can, and then it's going to look better for you. Other than that, all the electrical safety stuff, information about Bob, etc. will be in the show notes. So if you want to go check out some of the health and safety and electrical safety documents that Bob mentioned earlier, we'll have them in the show notes. If you guys want to mention anything else, like if you pat test yourself, if you self-certify, or if you use a particular pat tester, anything like that, feel free to tweet us at OnlineDJHQ or go and like our Facebook page, OnlineDJ. Other than that, I'm afraid it's the end of the show. So, I'll catch you next time, and see you later.